I know that with the center being open, there's a lot of programs going on. So, mm. you know, when, when, when I was coming up, we were having programs, we were on the block, you mm. know, trying to be grown. If that center was open when I was in high school, we'd have had help with our homework. Mm. You know, I grew up in my grandmother's house, so she's, she had an eighth grade education. She couldn't do my math work when I didn't, you know what I mean? So if that center was open, I would be able to go to the center and get some help with my homework. Mm. And if that center was open, I'd be able to go to the center, can somebody pay for my ACTs? We feed kids every morning. We feed kids at lunch that miss school. We feed kids dinner at the center. They didn't have that when I was there. We were hungry. Mm. So when you're hungry, you end up doing stuff you shouldn't be doing to make yeah. you take care of yourself. You know what I mean? So... Yeah, man, that center changed a lot of lives, and you could tell the difference from who knows what happened to them and how many people went off to prison at the age of 18, 19 years old to now, how many kids going to college, how many kids going to military, trade school, you see a big difference. The new Local Legends Podcast. <laughs> Real small town success stories. We have quite the lineups. The hope that's been bubbling up in the last few years. The finer things about Portland. You just don't see that everywhere. Local legends only. Welcome back to the Local Legends Podcast. This is episode number 46, and I'm in the Glockner Speakeasy with Drew Carter. Thanks for joining me, my man. Hey, thanks for having me. Of course, bro. Maybe just start by introducing yourself and what you do. I'm Drew Carter. Uh, and uh, here we, sorry, before we get started, pull your mic up to you a little bit gotcha. more, bro. <clears throat> gotcha, gotcha. It's just like the closer it gets to you. Mic check, check one. The, the sexier you sound. All right, you know I appreciate it. That's what's up. <laughs> well, I'm Drew Carter. Uh I do, I do a lot of things around here, but uh, some people know me for DJing. Some people know me uh, through the community center, the 14th Street Community Center. I'm the board president there. I'm also a co-founder of Watch Me Grow Ohio, co-founder of Trillium Project. Um, I'm the founder of the Portsmouth Block Party and the founder of uh, the Future American Man Leadership and Development Program. Mm. Yeah, man, and... You're, you're listing a lot of stuff that I want to dig into, but I feel like a, a big uh, connection between all of them is just how hyper-local all of it is. Like your investment is in this community specifically, and I think uh, that's really valuable to tie all those things together like that. Maybe just start by giving us some more background about yourself, man. I mean, how'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? I know we're both like Shawnee State alumni, and that's one of my favorite topics, so just chop it up. Go Bears, go Bears. Yeah, man. I'm from Portsmouth. I was born in Portsmouth, uh, spent time away as a kid in North Carolina. Shout out to Greensboro, North Carolina. You know, my North Carolina family uh, came back to Portsmouth in high school. I was a Trojan. Um, you know, I grew up in the Farley Square, the North End area of Portsmouth. Also spent time on the East End. So I went to Wilson Elementary School before I left Portsmouth. Oh, really? And when I came back, I moved to the North End of Portsmouth. Yeah. Mm. That's what's up. When it, like Wilson didn't last much longer after that, did it? 
Uh, it was there for a few years after afterwards, I believe. Okay. I just remember coming home and it was a big field. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, man, I, I guess like, that's I like, that. go, You know, like, yeah, I'm gonna go check out my old elementary school and it was gone. <laughs> yeah, man, that's messed up. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I, I was a Wilson Wildcat. Great memories. Um, the little parachute game as a kid, but uh, yeah. Portsmouth was an interesting place to live yeah. in those days. Like, so let's let's talk a little bit about your experience at Shawnee State because I, I feel like uh, that's valuable, especially for someone that goes there. There's maybe like a lot of uh, misconceptions. Uh, you know, I I feel like especially from a lot of kids that are that are here, it just is like viewed as a community college, or you know, we're obviously not the biggest or things like that. But uh, there's like a ton of merit over qualified people that work there. Um, and I had like personally some, my, some of the most like enriching experiences going to Shawnee. What was your experience like, man? I always said, I always tell people Shawnee state university saved my life, you know, mm. um, coming from where I come from, you know, it wasn't always the best uh, situation. And we're talking about the late nineties, early two thousands where, you know, the drugs, it, it, we still have a problem, but at that time it was a different, it, we're dealing with crack and crack cocaine and, that's when the oxys first start, you know, the, op- the opioids start hitting the uh, scene. It was a lot of crime, a lot of fast money. Uh, and I remember graduating high school, like, what am I going to do? So I figured, uh, shiny state's down the way. Let me go check it out. If that didn't work, I was going to go to the military. If that didn't work, who knows? I might end up on the streets. But uh, shiny state accepted me. And um, it was nice. It was like a family, smaller classrooms one-on-one with your professors mm. and they actually cared. And there's people like uh, Marianne Malone, uh, Matt Matthews, you know, those folks, they really looked out, shot the Brian saw. Um, but we had a lot of phenomenal people at Shawnee state mm. that actually cared about the students and wanted to see us succeed. Yeah, absolutely, man. What, what was your degree in international relations? Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just coming from, so my brother and I both, I've got a, uh, one brother both of us went to school for visual art and design so we were part of the design program there some of my professors were bashing the coffin and greg lyons and matt cram and they all have like insane credentials like pushing you know very digital folk forward were entrepreneurs themselves you know are like um leaders in their field of study like with the gaming program being sixth and or seventh in the nation now you know um you know they were on that like web three uh virtual reality and metaverse thing way before everyone like it's always been here for them kind of thing you know mm-hmm. when i was at shining state i just I, the thing was is like i was either going to stay on campus stay out the way because i grew up i was in the projects I, I lived in the heart of the you know the crime scene mm-hmm. pretty much the whole time i was at shining state so um all my friends a lot most of my friends were you know, on the streets. Mm. Uh, so I knew for me to stay out of, out of trouble, I need to stay on campus. I need to be more involved. So, you know, I joined the student programming board, student government. I was on the, I was one of the students on the co- conduct committee and I was the vice president of the international forum, the president of a Honda. Like I always stay active. Yeah. Every time there was a chance to travel, to take classes at Yellowstone, put, sign me up, you know, um, traveling abroad, like I tried to stay on campus and stay out the way. So it mm. was like, it's like a different world when you're at Shawnee State. It you is. Know, a lot of people, locals, they're like, you know, they want to move away from here. And that's, you know, I understand that, but, you know, everyone can afford it, you know. Um, and then when you look at the housing at Shawnee State, it's really nice compared to most universities. Yeah. So, 
uh, I love Shawnee. Uh, you know, they, people just have like this old school uh, picture of Portsmouth in their mind that is mainly connected to drugs or the media we've gotten mm-hmm. because of that stuff. The reality is, is it's like uh, much more diverse and there's just uh, there's so much good that's coming out of the community as well. There's yeah. a lot of good coming out of this community. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's one of the things, like I'm not the, I don't like necessarily being in the limelight. I don't mm-hmm. like the attention all the time. I'm yeah. really, I'm somewhat of a, a more reserved person, but I also know that you do have to change the narrative. Mm-hmm. And I talked to a few people in Portsmouth about this, like, hey, when we start doing stuff, uh, we need to change the narrative. When I first came on the scene and I started doing a lot of the community service stuff, I'm like, all right. Growing up, when I seen a black man on a, on a newspaper article, it was either for sports or for a crime. It was mm. a drug bust, mm. front pager, every time. Uh, somebody's getting 20 years football numbers, you know? Um, or it was for sports. And I'm like, man. We're more than just sports and crime. Yeah. So, like, every time I have a project or whatever, you know, I reach out to – I have friends that were um, journalists and stuff for the local papers, and I reach out, like, hey, we got to put this in the paper. Mm. So my thing was when you Google Portsmouth, you won't – when you see something of a, a black man or a woman, it won't necessarily be negative or just sports. It would be something positive, you know. We're doing some type of community service business, uh, donating uh, to the community, you know, giving back. Mm. So – even with Portsmouth, when you're talking about the crime, I think it's important that, you know, when you have uh, events like Winterfest, when you have uh, stuff like the Soul Foodie Music Festival or book bag giveaways and all this stuff, you need to put that out there on the, it's not like we want credit for those things, yeah, you know, or like the stuff we're doing, Watch Me Grow, but it's like we need to put that out there um, so Portsmouth doesn't have just that negative light. Because when my friends Google Portsmouth, they see, Missing women, <laughs> drugs, yeah. you know, the overdoses and stuff like that. And I, I'm like, how are we going to get really good doctors to stay in this area? How are we going to get professional people that want to come down here and invest in this area if there's nothing positive when they Google mm. our area? You know what I mean? Yeah. And we're just like, we're kind of a uh, uh, kind of victim of like how an algorithm or clickbait stuff kind of works in Absolutely. that sense. You know what I mean? But what you're doing, Drew, and I can uh, just see it in the content that you create is like uh or when everything you're putting on social is just showing to people the nuance of what we're accomplishing here Mm -hmm. you know we are and we're making some headway man Mm. and there's a lot of great like in the last decade that this place has transformed yeah you know a lot there's a lot of people doing a lot of great good uh for this community and and i'm i'm just happy to be a part of it and because i remember early on in early 2000s out here trying to like do stuff and get people involved and nobody was really mm. you know doing it like that it was a few of us but now it's like everywhere you look there's all these different organizations doing wonderful things for this county and, it, and it's and it's amazing it's a beautiful it's beautiful man just to see the community come together as one mm. so it was like you were you were talking about your experience growing up and stuff drew was that connected to kind of your career path and getting so involved and now being the president at the community center yeah, I, I didn't necessarily want to be the president of the community center, but uh, it just kind of happened that way. But I'm blessed to be. Well, you get things done, man, and that's what happens. <laughs> yeah, man. I, yeah, I try. And, and it's not, it's about the team. Mm. You know, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm one person, but, man, I have a phenomenal team. Mm. You know, we have this new board. They're, they're active. They're, they're motivated. They're, um, they really want to, some changes for the good, you know, and they're really out here pushing 
for for our area and for the community center and with the Watch Me Grow Ohio team. I mean, it's just amazing how much we've accomplished in a, in a couple years, you know. Mm. Uh, and we're not we're we're just getting warmed up. But I mean, it's all about your team. It's all about the people that you have in your circle. Uh, I'm a I'm one of those people. Like I I feel like you could speak things into existence and. Sometimes my, I think my team look at me like this guy is nuts. I'm like, hey, we're going to do this, we're going to make, we're going to do expand, we're going to expand here. We're going to, and they're like, how are we going to get this money? What are, how? you know, they're looking at me like I'm crazy. But I'm one of those. I'm, I'm, I feel like if you, if you can turn your dreams into reality, mm-hmm. you know, um, I don't like negative people. I was once a negative person. I had to check myself. You know, I feel like I'm an energy person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You give what you, re- you receive what you give. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm all about positive, man, positive thoughts, get positive results, like get out here and work, you know, get out here and work for it. You got to make you got to believe in yourself. You got to believe in your vision and get out here and make it happen. Yeah, man. And if you at least start with that, it's possible kind of attitude, then it does open up the option. You know, if you Absolutely. don't, then, uh, then, you know, you close an options left and right kind of deal. Yeah. But Drew, how do you take that or uh, maybe give us some examples? You, you were talking a little about. Um, about what you've been excited about recently, but how are you turning that, you know, like go getter attitude into uh, actual results? What are those, what are those steps to like push a nonprofit forward or get things done at the community center uh, from your perspective? I mean, uh, one is building relationships. Mm. Um, I'm from the North end of town. First of all, Portsmouth was, it it, it was, and it is still somewhat, but it's getting a little better, a segregated area, Mm. segregated town. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, black people kind of tend to black people, white folks do their thing. You know, everybody kind of just do their own thing. Yeah. Come together for sports and then go on back and do their own thing. Well, that, like the community center has, what, which I didn't realize uh, until like reading up more about it, but it's like dates, it has kind of like a long history back to the 40s, doesn't yeah. it? Like, uh, yeah, it was established in like 31 to 32. We still mm. debate on the date. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, the actual location where the center's at now was built in 1942. Mm. Um, and it was built pretty much so black people can stay out of white folks area and have a place where they can go. Mm-hmm. You know, they had a lot of guys working at the CCC camps out there at Shawnee. Dr. Fight talks a lot about those camps. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, there, there was a lot of guys like, well, we need something for somewhere where they can go to and have fun and stay out the way, you mm-hmm. know, cause it was a segregated area. So they, you know, the community center was a result of that it was one of the results of that, you mm-hmm. know, um, but today, you know, historically it's been a black community center, but today it's, it's really diverse. I mean, we have kids from West Portsmouth, South Webster. We have kids from all over the county there working and just participating. Uh, you have different, you know, soccer programs come in and practice in our gymnasium, basketball teams. Mm. And, and even the demographics among people changed in the last, you know, 10, 20 years. Uh, there's a lot of biracial kids now, you know, families are starting to be more open-minded and come yeah. together. So, uh you know, we have a diverse board. Um, I don't even know what the question was, but <laughs> no, no, you're you're just kind of painting the picture of what it was uh, historically for, and then like yeah, yeah. But today, man, it's just basically, uh, you know, get you know, I have I have a vision, and there's people on our board that has vision of where we like to see the community center go to, you mm-hmm. know, and it's about just uh, working together as a team, you know, coming up with a strategic plan, um, and, and it's about building relationships. Like I said, I, what I was saying earlier was. People were segregated. They stayed to themselves. They never went. They never had relationships with the commissioners or with the with the city. Really, you know. Sure. Um, and you feel like the community center was a big part of that change. 
Yeah, I feel like yes, and I feel like there was individuals within the, the organization that was a big that helped you know that change. Um, just being like, hey, you know, like when I became the president, I had an olive branch. I was contacting everybody like, hey, I'm here. You know what I mean? We're transparent. Anything you need to see, this is what it is. You know, uh, you know, here, here's our financial report. We, there's nothing. We're not hiding anything over here. Because I think sometimes. Uh, you know, people, it, it'd be the same people on the boards for 20 years and they kind of get content and, you know, get stuck in their ways. And, and like I said, back in those days, a lot of things were segregated. So people just kind of did their own thing and nobody really knew what was happening at the community center if you're not from within that radius, you know, that community. Yeah, yeah. So I think with the new board and with social media, we're able to be like, hey, this is who we are. This is what we're doing. And we're open for business. Come and talk to us. You know, you're welcome here anytime you want. And and it was just about relationships, calling people, talking to people, meeting people for lunch and, and inviting them over and let them know what you got going on. And mm. then when people know that you got something going on and you're being productive and you're actually having a positive outcome, uh, they're willing to help. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So president of the community center now, how long have you been involved with the organization? And then like at what point, like how long have you been president at this point? Um I've been involved with the center since I was a kid. Mm. So I was one of the kids there. But there was a part of time when, when I was, like, in high school, they tore the, my freshman year, they tore the center down. And it oh, didn't really? Get, yeah, it didn't get rebuilt until 2006. So uh, that that really hurt the community. Yeah. You know? And um, Was the facility just failing or, like, it was time? It was just – it was a really old facility. It was, born, it, it was the original facility. Like, it, it was built in – 42 but i think there was yeah. like minor updates mm. it was just old you know and it needed an it wasn't the facility we have today um but they tore it down um mr ferguson dr valentine those guys were able to raise enough money to build a new uh facility the one that which we have today mm. it's a really nice facility and uh but i've been i can't i joined the board I've been the president. I spent. I had two terms. I've been on the board for about four years now. Yeah, almost not even four years, like three three years. Mm. So I've been the president for two of those, um, and it's it's just been a it's been a new it's been a challenging experience. But uh, I feel like we're doing a good job. Yeah. In their t- in your time there, was there like a single moment that or like story someone's uh, personal life you got to see change that really like cemented what you're doing is valuable to you you know yeah um when you see our kids graduating uh when you see our kids going to college going to the military you know you because every once in a while you do things out here and you're like man am i really making a difference like what am i doing with my yeah. life you know well it's like a slow process <laughs> yeah, man there's man. not like especially when there's not you know you can't attach like a uh like a profit or a margin to everything, especially with the kind of community work. You know what I mean? So it can be. And I'm one of those people, I have to, I'm like, I'm rapid. Like, we got to go. My mm. brain is nonstop. It's just constantly working. Mm. I'm thinking of ideas. I'm thinking of, like, we need to do this, we need to do that. And everybody's like, slow down. And I'm just like, I don't have that type of time. We need to <laughs> we need to move. Yeah. So I get, that could be discouraging for me sometimes because I'm like, I'm always like, let's go. Let's get this thing moving. Let's, you know, and then you have your team was like, you got to slow down a little bit. Um. So you get those moments where you're like, man, is this even worth it? Like, am I even doing enough here? You know, mm. um, especially I don't have any kids. So it's not like it's like, you know, I don't have any kids, but I have a ton of kids. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah. I don't I have any biological kids, but it feels good whenever, you know, you got those kids come up to you and they're like, man, you know, you saved my life or or 
Mm-hmm. You're able to give them a scholarship, and you see them go off to school, go off to the military, trade school, and then you see them, you know, now some of those kids have kids, and you're like, that's what, that's my guy, that's my guy dude. right yeah. there. You know what I mean? Like, you're, you're so proud of them because uh, it's so easy for a lot of our, our youth to go down the wrong path, and a lot of them had challenging um, uh, home life situations, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. a lot of these kids aren't coming from the best uh, homes, but just to see some of them evolve into really good citizens, it's, it's like, man, really good men and women. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's amazing, and it's a wonderful thing, and it makes you feel like I got to keep doing this. I got to keep moving. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of like a cool uh, focal point there, Drew, is like when you know someone that you're working with at the center, one of these kids that looks up to you is like having these challenges at home. Like how do you meet their needs and help them kind of reach goals when that you know there's like an opposing force almost? Yeah. A lot – like, for instance, I started a program, the Future American Men uh, Leadership and Development Program, and I teamed up with Juvenile Courts and Department of Youth Services. So I work with a lot of the, the males, 12 to 17, that are, you know, on probation. And we also we got other kids out of the community that's not on probation. They attend our program. But I share my story. You know, where I come from, it wasn't the best upbringing ever. Mm-hmm. You know, I dealt with family members on drugs and, and all that foolishness. Um, but it's about consistency. It's about, um, you know, not only holding them accountable, you gotta, I got to check myself at times, mm. you know, uh, and be able to look myself in the mirror. But a lot of times you can preach something, but you have to show them yeah. that you're going to be there. You got to show them that you're not going to put up with their BS. You're going you're gonna to check them when they, when they need to be checked. But you also tell those kids that, you know, I love you and I appreciate you and I respect you. It's about respect. So, um, you know, uh, that's how I, that's how I go about business with some of these kids. I don't even know what the question was. I forgot. No, no, you <laughs> answered think, it perfectly, uh, dude. Yeah, it's like uh, you know uh, when you're doing this work in the community center and you're meeting like a lot of kids that are in challenging situations. Yeah, so. man, it's about encouraging them and just and just showing them support and, and a lot. You got. I thought about this recently. I was like, I've never, as a kid, growing up, I've never been embraced by a man and said I love you by a man. Like, mm-hmm. I never had a man tell me, I love you, give you a hug, or never. Yeah. You know what I mean? So a lot of these kids don't have their fathers. And, um, and, that, and that means that that's, that's, that's deep when you think about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just not, never had a man tell me, I love you, or I'm, you know, I'm proud of you. And yeah, I, and it sets a whole different it's, premise it's a, for, like, yeah, how man. you view life. Yeah. And, uh, and so I tell my kids, man, I see them. You know, they get on my nerves sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I tell them, man, I love y'all, and and I and I respect you, but you have to respect yourself, and you have to love yourself. Mm. You know, and and I that's one of the things I'm big on is like, man, regardless of what you're going through right now in life, you got to love yourself, mm. and it's not always your fault, but you can't make excuses for failure. Mm. You got to make excuses to be to win to succeed, mm. and I preach that to our kids, and I and and I challenge them, and uh, and I hold them accountable when they when they're slipping. Mm. You know, I tell parents, call me anytime. You know, I got uh, sometimes parents call me at midnight. I'm like, oh, man, I'm tired. But I know. Like, Don't make me get Drew on the phone. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> but but they know, you know, that I love them. But they also know that I'm going to check them when they need to be checked. Yeah. And, and it's just a, it's a respect, man. Mm. That's all it is, man.
Dude, for me, uh, like looking at the content, some of the stuff you put out on social, like one of the one of the things that caught my attention immediately was the stuff you were doing with watching me grow Ohio. I mean, that's like, uh, yeah. like just strengthening that self reliance here locally is insane. And like we we saw uh, we saw the value of that, especially during the pandemic, which is just like while these other massive supply chains are really having trouble, like getting simple things like a t shirt. You know what I mean? Like locally local has proved to be so much more valuable yeah um watch me grow how originally it started off with you know i was i was on youtube and i'm you know how random stuff just pop up on your youtube and i right. youtube university is crazy <laughs> yeah, I tell, I, you I tell learn you, everything youtube university and google college <laughs> baby you know what I mean? uh yeah so i was like i saw a guy uh and a very controversial figure but he was talking about the importance of land and uh and black ownership, and they never, I never heard anybody talk like this, and that was uh, Minister Louis Farrakhan. Mm. And um, so I'm listening to him, and and sometimes you gotta, I listen to everybody, I, you know, you gotta get past some people's rhetoric, and, and you just gotta listen to the, what's the message, you sure. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I was listening, to him and I'm like, man, he's right. Like, we need to get back to like the land and growing your own pro, pro food and pro, being a producer instead of a consumer. Mm. Um, so I was like, man, I'm gonna go buy some land. I'm gonna, try, <laughs> I'm gonna try this out. Cause like, and I, and I, and I always talk about planting seeds. Like, I'm always like, you know, you got to plant that seed. He's like, it's and, getting uh, real literal kind of thing, you know? And when you, when, you know, years later I look back, I'm like, when I was living in the homeless shelter, I remember watching Lassie and, uh, I told my mom, like, we should go, we should, uh, we should live out in the country. And she's like, we're not living in the country. I'm thinking like, we're in the home. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? but, but it was that seed, you know what I mean? And then I worked at a rehab facility, uh, Kendra Spirits, and it was on the country. We had a horse farm out there. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, and we did like equine therapy. And I never rode a horse, but I cleaned their stalls and stuff, you know. But Man, I, that's I'm, dope. That's yeah. what I say from the hood to the woods. I'm a, I'm from the, I'm from, I'm a city guy, but, you know. Yeah, dude. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy some land. Because all my life I lived in public housing, apartments, homeless shelters, you know, and I'm and I got tired of just living on top of each other. I was like, you know, when I have a family, I want them to be able to run, fish, and yeah. I'm always thinking, and, and I'm one of those weird people. I just think like, what if all the stores just stop selling food? Like, but I know what to do. If there was a civil Dude, war, that almost out, became reality. Facts. Like it's crazy, yeah. So when I was looking for, a, uh, I was looking for a home. I was like, I need at least, I need a, at least ten acres. I want a pond. I was like naming all this stuff. And I want some wood as well. And uh, so I found a place and I bought it. And then I'm like, all right, I'm gonna get some animals. <laughs> What'd started, you get first? I, I started off with a, uh, some chickens, I believe. Yeah. Or no, I had my goat first. I think I had my goat. I had oh, little, dope, yeah. I had a little pygmy goat, you know what I mean? And then I got some chickens. But I was like- Do I have, goats really eat everything? Is everything, that poison really? ivy, everything, dude. Like, <laughs> man. I ate everything. So I had one goat and I had some chickens. I had my dog. I had a German Shepherd and Great Dane. But uh, I was like, I'm going to have a little program out here, and I'm going to teach these kids about how to work with these animals. But this is like year, a, a couple years later. So by that time, I had alpacas, uh, goats, sheep. I had a donkey. You know what I'm saying? I got Man. all these animals, and, uh, and, and then I had these kids come out. So I talked to Marsha Harris. You should interview her. She's with Time Out for me. She's been doing work for a year since I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And um, she bought her group, her kids out there. I got, I got in touch with some of my neighbors. Shout out to Jackie. She bought over some horses and stuff. So the kid, like, the whole thing was one-day program 
let all these kids work with these animals, teach them about, it was like a homesteading program. And I was at my bank and uh, I was talking to the, to the manager of the bank and I'm like, y'all, do y'all have any, like, anything I can give these kids? Notebooks, uh, pencils, any, I need to pack, put something together. And they gave me some little backpacks and stuff. So make a long story short, the lady was at the bank was like, hey, my husband and I have been wanting to do this. You know, we should team up. So I'm like, all right, let's get together. And then, so I got with Leanne Johnson and uh, Leanne Kinker. And then, uh, and, and then our, she had a friend, Amanda Lewis. Yeah. And then we Man, all Amanda's low-key involved in all kinds of stuff, too. Dude. Amanda's she, a beast. That's my, yeah. like, that's, you're the A-team right there. You get us two together, yeah, we, like, we get some stuff done. I just, like, hear her name. All, like, she, she's real humble. Like, you know, yeah. she doesn't want another. Yeah, yeah. She, she's low-key, but uh, she gets stuff done. That's, that's, my, that's my partner right there. I love Amanda. Mm. Um, so we all three got together, and we're like, what's coming with it? We're going to start this program. So we started watching Girl Ohio, you know what I mean? And for me, it was just like, I grew up hungry. I grew up, you know, getting food from the churches, from the food banks. And I always wonder, like, man, when you get older, you're like, it doesn't, it's not a, it doesn't cost a lot of money to plant your own food. It's not hard to can your own food. Mm. People need to know these skills. So that's what we're doing now. And we're out here, like, you know, transforming spaces. And, and we're out here trying to – we're building uh, community gardens – and we're teaching not only the kids, but the kids' parents come. The grandparents are there. Wow. We're teaching people how to can food. Um, we let these kids, like, they got to manage, you know, that you get so much money a year. This is what we're going to buy. This is what we're going to plant. Mm. You know, they got to learn how to do all that stuff themselves. But we're teaching them about art and entrepreneurship as well. Yeah. I mean, this, Man, we're just yeah. getting warmed up. I can't wait. I'm so excited for this year. Dude, yeah. I mean, it's like some real renaissance, like feeds into that whole renaissance vibe that the city's on right now. I yeah. Mean, like, yeah, man, absolutely. But watchmegrowohio.org, people need to check it out. Like us on Facebook. That's my baby, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that program. Well, what are, you, what are you pumped about, man? You were talking a little bit about the oh. future. Well, uh, with, with Watch Me Grow, Ohio, I'm excited about our fellowship garden. Mm. Um, we're about to have that built. It's going to be on 13th and uh, in Waller. Really? And it's going to have a 20 by 40 pavilion, this beautiful greenhouse. We have a flower shop right there. And wow. it's going to have a lot of raised beds. It's going to, it's beautiful. Like it's going to be a really nice space for, for the city. So how do you talk a little bit about just the nonprofit stuff in general, man, because I know there's people that have like desires of, of things they want to start up like that, but you know, uh, you probably had to deal with a lot of the logistics and kind of learn the hard way to get something like that up and running. Like yeah. what kind of insight can you give on, on starting something like that? I mean, basically you want to put it, at the end of the day, when you have an idea, that's great. You could do a lot by yourself, but you got to have a team. Mm. You got to have a solid team. So you want your board to be, somebody that shares the same vision as you people you could trust and that's going to be work that's going to work because you know we're not getting paid for this work a mm. lot of this stuff is just community service work and um so you got to get people that's on the same page that's willing to put in those hours and you got to put together a nice team so you're going to have a, have a uh, a board you want to make sure that your paperwork is always right get you an accountant um get you quickbooks or something to make sure that everything is in order uh so you can always produce a financial report when needed. I'm one of those people. I'm transparent, baby. Like, you, hey, we're legit on everything yeah. we do. And, um, and you want to be transparent. You want, you want your sponsors. You want uh, your donors. You want your community to, to know what's going on and, and trust you. you yeah. know? Uh, so you need to communicate. But you want to make sure that your social media uh, platform is, is on point. And you also want to make sure that you have a website and uh, 
a professional website. Yeah, man. I mean, and that's why, like, when I'm like coaching myself up on what y'all been doing, like, uh, that was a that was an easy point of access. Like, you easily brought into your world, looking all the like the gallery y'all had set up and everything. You get a real good uh, idea of like the impact you're having mm-hmm. on these kids immediately. And that's know? another thing. Like, you know, people, I you know, you hear people always the debate. You shouldn't take pictures of everything you do for the you know for the community, and I understand what they're saying. But when you're an organization, when you're a business, you got to be able to show people this is what we're doing. If I go to you as a business or as a person, a donor, and you're like, what do you do? And you don't see any images, you don't see any video, you don't see anything, dude. That's what I'm. Listen, like people don't understand that. Uh, like the it, the perception right now is if. You don't have an Instagram or a Facebook or you don't have a website. Like, does, is this place even open? Yeah, you don't like, even exist. Don't, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Real. Like that online, offline connection is is super powerful, especially local. You yeah. know, especially local. And it's all about your um, your character, man. So you got to have a uh, – you want to make sure that your your name ring bells, but you want to make sure that your name, is, when people say it, is positive. You know, you want mm. people to – when they talk about you when you're gone, that is positive uh, – and I try to be good at everybody. Like everybody's not, you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea, you know. And yeah. I, sometimes I'm too, I'm too to, to the point. I'm, I'm blunt, but I'm real. You know what you're going to get with me. Yeah. This, I'm not going to change up who I am because I'm around whoever. It's, this is Drew. This is what you're going to get. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. But you know, when, when you know that you're, you're, uh, you're just, you're fair. And mm. you and you know you mean well. You don't mean any harm to anyone. And you're just being cool. You just know what you do, and you're trying to be professional as much as you can. And man, people work with you. So it's all about you know. You want to make sure you have a good reputation. You want to make sure your organization has a great reputation. But if you're going to start a nonprofit, uh, you know, get a great team. But make sure your team has the, your vision. You want to make sure you have solid bylaws. Mm. Like when I came into the community center, <laughs> it's. It was one of those things where it started, you know, it was built in the 40s in that location, and it's kind of been, it's like tribal knowledge. Yeah. The bylaws at the time. Like everything was passed passed down down, by osmosis. Yes. (laughs) I looked at the bylaws, it was a front and back page. It was like, there was no, you know, there was not really any, uh, we didn't have any procedures, we don't have any, so everything that from, from the time we became president until now, we've. It's pretty much like starting a brand new organization. We had a rewrite. <laughs> I revised the bylaws. The boards are going over them. We're we're checking stuff off. But, you know, thank God for the city. We're able to hire a, a, a part-time operations uh, director. Mm. Somebody get in there and, and keep that place organized. Um, yeah, I saw that that job listing today. Well, yeah, yeah. So I mean, and man, we're just trying to we're just trying to do the best we can do with what we have. You know, sure. um, it's expensive to run that place. People don't realize how expensive it is to run that place, you know. Yeah. But we are um, on the twentieth. That's next week, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, we're we're having a. Um, I don't even know if this when this is getting aired, but uh, to, uh, Wednesday. Okay, yeah. so yeah. on the twentieth, we're we're going to have an open house, and and you know you come by, we'll talk about you about our financials. We, we'll let people in know how much it costs to run the place, you know, how much we brought in from uh, grants and whatnot, and because mm-hmm. I don't think people realize how expensive it is to keep those doors open. Yeah, man, man, it's it's hard to keep those. But like at the same time, Drew, like you're saying, there was a time where the community center like wasn't uh, that it got demolished and there was nothing to replace at the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure you can't quantify like how much of a of a huge impact that it's having on the people absolutely man because like like i said the the entire time i was in high school pretty much it was down and we lost a lot of good people man we lost a lot of people to the streets Mm. Uh, a lot of people got murdered 
a lot of kids, a lot of guys I grew up with now have uh, records. They have that number behind their name. Mm. You know, they have those felonies. Um, but I, and, and the crime in that, and right there in that area was high at the time when that center yeah. was gone. Now that the center's there, people have a little more respect. They don't, they're not going to sell drugs right in front of the community center. They know what time it is, you know? Yeah. Um, so you can see that with the, with the center being built and, and, and open again, um, the drugs in that location in that area ha- has decreased dramatically. Mm. I mean, it's still we still have uh, uh, some problems with you know crime in the area, but not like it was in the late '90s, early 2000s. Yeah, what do you think that is, Drew? Do you think it's just like the al- like the alternative community that they have at the community center just uh, like sets people on a different path, you know, different yeah, influences? I think so, and I, I think I know that with the center being open. A lot of the kids, there's a lot of programs going on. So, mm-hmm. you know, when, when, when I was coming up, we were having programs. We are on the block, you mm-hmm. know, trying to be grown, fighting grown men, you know, selling, like doing whatever. Um, if that center was open when I was in high school, we'd have had help with our homework. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up in my grandmother's house, so she's, she had an eighth grade education. She couldn't do my math work when I didn't, you know what I mean? So if that center was open, I would be able to go to the center and get some help with my homework. Mm-hmm. Um, if that center was open, I'd be able to go to the center can somebody pay for my ACTs? You know, can I get some help with this? Or they would have, they would probably already have programs set up for us to where, hey, you got to go take your ACT today. Get down there, you know. Um, yeah. We feed kids every morning. We feed kids at lunch that miss school. We would feed kids dinner at the center. They didn't have that when I was there. We were hungry. Mm. So when you're hungry, you end up doing stuff you shouldn't be doing to make money to yeah. take care of yourself. You know what I mean? So, yeah, man, that center changed a lot of lives. And you could tell the difference from – you know, 90 from the nineties until 2006. If you look at that, at that time period and how many kids were probably who knows what happened to them and how many people went off to prison at the age of 18, 19 years old to now, how many kids going to college, how many kids going to military trade school, you see a big difference. Mm, And I, and I think that was because of the community center. That's a powerful example, Drew. Um, as far as you're talking about building the right team, which I couldn't agree more with you on that, man. Can you talk a little bit about your teammates, like who are these people that uh, like have made uh, these or like everything you're involved in such a success? So Amanda and even what's uh, what's going on at the community center? Yeah, man. With uh, Watch Me Grow Ohio, man, we have a great team. Uh, you know, we have uh, Amanda Lewis. We got Leanne Kinker. Um, we got Mark Anthony out of Ironton. Mm. We got Edwin Martell. You know, we have some solid people over there helping us out. And if you want to get involved, please reach out. Reach out to me. Let me know. Hit my inbox on Facebook or call me. Um, with the 14th Street Community Center, <clears throat> I mean, listen, we have, you know, we got our uh, program director, Maxine Malone. She's been over there for years doing mm. her thing. But there's a lot of people that people don't know about. Yeah. You, know, you got your Walvet Jordans. You got your Doris uh, Johnson. And you got your, uh, you know, Miss McKinley. And these are, uh, you know, the, the women that be there, like, you know, nothing's going to happen over there. I mean, yeah. God forbid, you know, anything can happen anywhere. But these old women don't play any games. But <laughs> <laughs> you come in there in that center, they better know who you are yeah. or what, you, what your business is over there because they love those kids. They're mm. strict, but they love those kids. And, um, you know, we have people over there all the time cooking for folks and, and, and making sure that the kids go home. Miss Mary, Miss Mary Malone, um, I mean, not Miss Mary Malone, but Miss Mary Nelson, mm-hmm. um, cooking for those kids daily, making sure that they have food on the weekends. Um, there's, there's this, the 14th Street Community Center is deep. Yeah. 
there's so many people. You got to think there's people's great grandparents that went to that that facility as a kid. They were at the dances, so they they it's like a they love that place. And there's there's you know you got thousands you got thousands of people that's been through that community center over the years. You got we're talking about the 40s. Yeah. And and they still have a connection to not only to the 14th Street Community Center but the North End period. You know, and at yeah. the time. You, you're, you're talking about segregation. You're talking about where people, communities had to work together, you know what I mean, and take care of each other. So it's deeper, man. It, it's like I can call somebody now, Wade, that might live in, in uh, the state of Washington that's from Portsmouth that haven't been here in 20 years, but if I need something for that center, they're going to look out. You know wow. what I mean? Yeah. Uh, we got people like Kathleen Battle that looks out for the community center. Mm. Um People like, you know, uh, Oliver and Chuck Ely and those guys that if you need them, they're going to be there for you. Um, but there's there's also our team, our board. You know, we got like Carlton Cave, or, you know, uh, Treasure, Sarah uh, Rudity. Um, she's our secretary. We got Kay Barlow as our VP. Um, we got like Joe Green Jr., Gerald Gordon, Tammy Trinidad. We have uh, – I know I'm gonna forget somebody. That's why I hate naming people because no, you're like, you're all right, dude. Yeah, yeah you can't. You're, you're, I'm gonna forget somebody. I'm like, oh, I can't get a shout out. <laughs> They're watching but, right now. Like, yeah, come on, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm like, I'm gonna forget you. somebody. I know it because we have a big board at the community center. So yeah. It's a huge board, but um, but it's uh, it's it's really just powerful, man. Even with the like the people you've named, like how many people are involved and want to see this be success and understand yeah. the importance of that that impact. Yeah, yeah, and I've and Dr. Valentine and. and I'm forgetting some people. I know I am. Forgive me. Yeah. <laughs> I, hate, I hate naming people, but but it's always like it's the folks that you know. When I when Mr. Ferguson died, you know, I came into the community center, and I'm and I'm transparent. I keep it real. You know, we were in the, the community center was in the negative. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and I didn't realize because you know at the time we it was a lot of confusion, and we were always battling. I remember joining the board, like, hey, I need to see a financial report because we didn't really know what was going on. When he died, we realized, like, man, we're in the red. Mm. We, were, we were, like, in the negative, like, I want to say $24,000. We had payroll on Friday. I'm like, what are we going to do? You know, I was in Romania at the time, and mm. I get the call, so I come home. And and it's just, like, from that time until now, man, we really turned that place around. But it's a community. Mm. You know, we got people like Jeanette Langford on there, and and we all just we just work together. But there's people, like, where I'm paranoid, and I'm talking to Maxine, like, hey, we got to – how are we going to pay this water bill? And then some, I get a phone call from somebody or some old lady is like, hey, I paid the center's water bill for the next couple months. Or, hey, we did this. You know, and wow. everybody's working together. You know, I got my sisters. They haven't lived in Portsmouth in years. Yeah. But they're like, hey, what do you guys need? Until we can get on our feet and figure out how to get things moving forward. But now we're doing pretty good and and we're, we seem to be moving pretty uh, smooth. But uh, in that beginning, it was rough, man. Mm. It was really rough, but it took a community to kind of keep us afloat. Yeah, man. And I think that's the the real power in it is I think uh, the more we can not continue to like try to accomplish it on our own to like veer the credit to ourselves kind of thing. That's how we really move the city forward. That Absolutely. Whole deal. And that's what y'all are doing with the, with the center. I mean, it's amazing. Um, yeah, you were saying, you know, to contact you, obviously, uh, Drew, but can you say anything about like how listeners uh, can get involved if uh, they feel inclined? I mean, yeah, if you want to get involved, man, um, if you're on social media, if you're on Facebook, Instagram, you know, follow the 14th Street Community Center or Watch Me Grow Ohio or Drew Carter 740 on all platforms and just reach out to us uh, and let me know what you like to get involved with. I like to also say we're going to have the Portsmouth Block Party this year. Oh, right and, on. Um, 
you know, and that's free. Everything is free at the Portsmouth Block Party as far as like entertainment, games, and food. Mm. Um, so <clears throat> we do need help. Uh, it's not, it costs money. And uh, in the past, I've ca- I came out of pocket a lot, <laughs> you know, and with the help of some friends and, and a few, a couple of businesses. But, you know, if you like to contribute or be a part of it, please reach out, let us know. Um, we usually let vendors set up for free down there. And, you know, um, but uh, we need help. So, Hey, let us know. Reach out. Yeah, awesome, Drew. Well, I'm I'm excited uh, about everything you got going on, man. You're sharing some uh, powerful stories, and I know uh, you have an unquantifiable impact in in the community. So, appreciate you talking to us about it. I appreciate you having me, man. Of course, man. Thanks for listening, everybody. Mm-hmm.